I just want to start by saying really it is a miracle that I'm even standing here. Once upon a time in my BC years, I struggled with addiction and severe depression. So it really is a miracle for being here. Some know that better than others. Um, never in my wildest dreams than would I have believed that I could stand here now and speak on a topic such as joy. And certainly not even in the most recent circumstances of my life. Um, when Mary first asked me, I hesitantly said yes, and then very quickly after said no. <laughs> no. Um, um, and then after a little while, I felt like God was still tugging at me that I, I should should share. Um, and then hearing about the tragedy in the Durham family, I felt, how could anyone speak on joy in a time of such great sorrow? I myself, uh, even standing in the back of the church with my heart filled with grief, tears were running down my face and I was, what is this? What is this? That I could be crying and smiling at the same time. <laughs> and I realized, that's joy. That's joy. So I do have much to say about joy. In a time when their world is so filled with so much sorrow, it's almost unimaginable that anybody could be filled with anything but a bah humbug type mood. Um, except for God. Only God can make sense out of all this. God is the source of hope. He is the source of peace. And yes, he is the source of joy. Joy doesn't have to look like swirling and dancing and jumping up and down. Joy is possible and even attainable, even in our darkest times. Joy isn't based on happiness. It's not based on circumstances. It's not based on anything external, despite what Webster's Dictionary says. <laughs> it defines joy as the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing one, what one desires. <laughs> well, what I say to that is bahumba. <laughs> it is not about circumstances at all. We can even look at the Christmas story with that. Where were the circumstances that were facing Mary and Joseph? Looking at our Christmas story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. This was a first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went out to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was from the house in the lineage of David. Was Joseph happy about this? Was Joseph thrilled at the thought of going to Bethlehem, traveling from Nazareth and Galilee? Was he thinking, oh, joy, I can't wait. I get to travel all the way to Bethlehem. I think I'll just pack up my pregnant wife and go right now. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. He knew what a journey like that would be like. This was no trek across town. This was 
This was a 90-mile journey that would probably have taken six days walking, walking, and almost all the way uphill in grueling and dangerous conditions. A trip like this would probably have taken six days, and with Mary's condition, I'm sure more than that, maybe even ten. Joseph probably hadn't even completely wrapped his head around the idea that Mary was pregnant and pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he wasn't joyful when Mary said said to him that he was pregnant. She was pregnant. <laughs> she was pregnant and he had not been with her. I'm sure he felt betrayed and lied to. His visitation from the angel probably helped a little bit to comfort him. But I'm sure he was very confused. Was he joyful as he watched Mary's belly growing over the years, over the, over the months? Sorry. Would hate to be pregnant for years. <laughs> that wouldn't be joyful. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nervous. Um, was he joyful as he watched Mary's belly growing over the months? Maybe. I suspect he was very confused. Then, a journey being thrust on him at her ninth month of pregnancy. During all the long walking, I'm sure sharp rocks would have slipped through the straps of his sandals, cutting at his feet. Pulling all their supplies, as well as a donkey on which Mary rode, trying to protect her from harm along the way. There certainly wasn't much joy in this journey. Now let's speak about Mary. Mary, a young teenage girl, unwed and pregnant, in a cruel society that would have surely stoned her to death, if Joseph, her betrothed, had not treated her with kindness. Mary's response to the angel is still amazing to me, that she would say, let it be done unto me, just as you said. Even with this faith-filled response, Mary certainly had to have been afraid. She knew she would have to tell Joseph. And Joseph had the right to kill her, or have her killed. Mary's yes, was it a joyful yes? I don't know. Filled with confusion and fear, I'm sure. There certainly wouldn't have been no joyous baby showers in this, in this society. And being told by her betrothed, Sit right here, on, honey, on this little doggy. We're going to make a big trip, but you'll be just fine. Sit right here. I'm sure it'll be nice and comfy. <laughs> Was Mary thrilled at that? She did it. I'm sure she felt great joy with every jolt along the way. Now let's talk about their accommodations. When they got there, I'm sure they both were overwhelmed and overcome with joy when they were told that they would need to be stay, staying in a manger. Mary was already feeling the pains of childbirth when she was told there'd be no room for them in the inn. She knew that her baby would be born not in a fancy nursery. This baby would, not, would be in a manger and not have a mattress. But then there were shepherds. Let's read the rest of the Christmas story. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of 
great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born in this day, in the city of David, a same Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Finally, joy had come. Joy came with Jesus. It's because of Jesus that there is joy. The long-awaited Savior had finally been born. The shepherds rushed to the place that the angel declared to go. It says they, they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard of it wondered at, the, at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Was there joy? Yes. But they did not have the full picture. They knew only in part what the life of this baby would be like. They knew only the prophecies of a savior, a deliverer, a king that was coming to free them. They had eager anticipation, I'm sure of that. They had joy, but they didn't have the full picture. The shepherds, they, were, they had tremendous joy as they rushed to see the wondrous thing that, they, that God had done. And when the shepherds explained all that they had seen and all the angels had said, Mary pondered these things in her heart. Mary, did you know? Thinking of that song. But what about us today? We know a greater joy. We have the full picture. We know why he came. We know that about the Emmanuel that was, but we know that God is with us today. He came not only to bring freedom from oppression, but he came to free us from sin. So that it gives us the assurance of true joy, eternal joy with him forever. They had joy that the promised one had finally come to live among them. We have joy that the Savior now can live within us. This is one of the most amazing things for me. The most tremendous thing for me in this whole story is that now Christ has come to live within us. What choice is there in that? That's just mind-blowing to me, that the Holy Spirit has come to live within us. And this Holy Spirit within us guides us into all truth, the truth of who the Father is and his character. When we meditate on all the attributes of God, his love, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness, the things of earth grow strangely dim, and we cannot help but respond with joy. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Do we still have sorrow? <clears throat> Certainly. Can joy come in the midst of sorrow and suffering? Absolutely. Joy came with Jesus. And we can find joy in his presence. I found this quote. It says, joy is not the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. In the challenging times in our lives when it is hard to find joy, I've come to believe that two seemingly opposite emotions can be present at the same time. I'm thinking of the words of a song describing when Jesus was on this cross, and it says sorrow and love flow mingled down. And even in our own Christmas carol, good tidings of what? Great comfort and joy. Great comfort and joy. Well, why would we need comfort? 
if there wasn't sorrow. So that can actually be interpreted as sorrow and joy. There is sorrow and joy can be present at the same time. I've also learned through the years to pray the scriptures and have actually created somewhat of a mantra for myself that goes, God, you are good. Everything you do is good. You work all things out for good and nothing is impossible with you. You are sovereign and you control and above all things. Yet you care intimately about me. I can trust you because you love me. Our greatest joy is recognizing we are loved by an almighty God. Well, in the here and now, we will have trials and suffering, but we can still find joy because we have the knowledge of the Emmanuel that was, the joy of knowing that God is still with us now, within us, and we have joy in knowing, in faith, the assurance of the Emmanuel in the future when we will, we, we will be with him and have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Another quote Joy is not determined by our present difficulty, but by our future destiny. Mm. The last scripture I want to read is from 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. It says, Praise be, God, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proving genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now I'd like to pray. God, I thank you so much for sending us Jesus. Jesus was the source of all joy. <clears throat> God, I thank you that no matter what our circumstances are, that you enable us to rejoice and have joy. Lord, I thank you. Help us to have... That, that help us to be quick to see your goodness even in the midst of hardship. Lord, that we can rejoice always. Lord, that we would find joy in your presence and we experience the depth of your love even now even now at Christmas, and for each day after. Amen. These, these two as well. Yep, 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 yep. No, just these two. This is for next Sunday. There you go. Before you sit down, Penny's prayer. Did anybody memorize that? What she shared? Penny's prayer. Penny's prayer. Penny's prayer. <laughs>
Lead us in. Lead us in your your mantra prayer. You turn and face the people, and we all want to say it with you. Give us one line to God. You are good. Everything you do is good. You work all things out for good. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible for you. You are sovereign and in control of all things. You are sovereign and in control of all things. You are above all, yet you care intimately about me. You are above all, yet you care intimately about me. I can trust you because I am loved by you. I can trust you because I am loved by you. Amen. Penny's prayer. You need you need to write that out and put it on the the email loop. Just as a summary of things.